Hey Atari Hackers, welcome to this week's podcast episode. In this week, we are actually going to be addressing a topic that you guys have been asking a lot about in the comments in the last episode where we talked about the golf site that we sold, and that is buying links for your website. It's something that we have been historically against, but we have said last year that we would be trying it on a few projects, and this project was one of them, and that's why we wanted to talk about it in a previous podcast. And you guys were asking, like, how much do you pay for links? How do you negotiate them? And, you know, how do you pick the links that you buy, etc.? So this episode is going to be addressing all these questions. And I think one thing that I want to highlight is that it pays off to comment on our videos, to like them, to subscribe, etc., because we actually pick up the topics that you guys are asking in the comments. So if you guys want us to address a specific topic, just drop us a comment below and we will try to address it if it makes sense for the editorial line. But for now, let's just talk about paid links. Let's get started with the episode. Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. And now your hosts, Gail Breton and Mark Webster. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Authority Hacker Podcast. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about paid links because it's actually a topic that we asked you in the last podcast if you wanted to hear about and quite a few people commented back and said they wanted to hear about paid links and how it's going. Not Mark, but the paid links in that case. So sorry, Mark, uh, I'm not going to ask you how it's going today. Did you prepare something? Of course not. Come on. <laughs> All right. So so we're saving everyone 30 seconds. So rather than asking you how it's going, we're going to ask how paid links is going. And we have been running this on a few projects now. We have said that a few uh, months ago, I think that we would try. We have tried quite a bit and we've built quite a few paid links, to be honest. And I think the thing that is going to be a bit of a problem is like paid links is a broad spectrum. It's like it could be any paid link. So I think we need to first qualify what we mean by buying links and what kind of links we're trying to buy and what kind of links we're not trying to buy. Yeah, so when we talk about paid links, we're talking about when you're doing normal, normal-ish kind of outreach and the site owner comes back to you and says, yep, you can have that link, it'll cost you 50 bucks or whatever. And that fee there, sometimes they'll dress it up, they'll call it an editorial fee or a placement fee or your whatever it is. It's that is like what we mean by by paying for links. When you're doing link building, paid or free, you're always going to have other costs you, which you have to pay, such as your staff to do the prospecting, outreach, the tools you use like Hunter or Mailshake or whatever else it, it may be, and your own time as well. That's That's not free at the end of the day. So there are a lot of other costs there, but because of the way... Google classifies these, or at least it kind of portrays it classifies these, The that final sponsorship fee, placement fee, whatever you want to call it, is or tends to be fundamentally treated differently. So that's that's what we mean by by paid links in the context of this this podcast. It's paying the site that hosts the link, and like, but how do we find these links? Like, we which one? Like, what do we go for? Basically, do we well, buy they a find you if you're if you're doing any kind of any kind of outreach, and I don't care how good your outreach messages are, how specialized, how customized your templates are. If you are doing any kind of outreach in 2021, certainly for the last You've few probably years, probably had that. You will have had uh, the number one response aside from silence will have been, yeah, sure, 20 bucks, 50 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever. And that's not to say that you cannot do free outreach because we still do that. We still do that on exclusively on sites like Authority Hacker. We still get a lot of free links. But as we're doing what we hope to be free outreach, uh, inevitably we get a lot of responses of people asking for money and 
So in the past, we've we've been pretty kind of anti-paid links for a number of years, just because, I mean, to be honest, I think it's because back in 2011, 12, we had such bad experiences being penalized by, by or having our clients penalized by Google and the various uh, Penguin, Panda, whatever it was, updates back then. Yeah, so we we decided to really kind of like go on go on Google's good side, but it's just been a very interesting number of years uh, recently because that's working less and less because these links inherently have value and most site owners now realize realize that and so they're trying to cash in and they're trying to to sell those so to compete well it's difficult to compete without paying for links certainly in some niches uh these days yeah i think also it's kind of like the only type of marketing that you can't pay for like even pr right it's like in pr like you, very often you pay newspapers to feature you etc it's kind of like an inherent thing that like you pay for exposure and it's like Google just came in and it's like, ah, actually, for websites, it has to be completely different from every other form of marketing. And you guys cannot pay each other <laughs> to feature each other. And that's a bit, I mean, I guess their argument would be like, well, you could no follow the link and then it just doesn't matter in the rankings. But it's just like, it feels quite not in phase with the way the world works, you know? And it's very hard to maintain. And I think the thing that, that has made it kind of crack in the last few years is that. You know, as you mentioned in like 2012 or something, Google was pretty active at like hunting link networks and uh, banning all the users and like really like uh, also at that time, the disavow tool did not exist, right? Reconsideration requests did not exist. Your site got hammered. It was gone pretty much. <laughs> like you, you could start over. But in Google has been taking a very different stance and policy in the last few years where they seem to be trying to discount links rather like that they think are paid or that they think are good are not good rather than trying to heavily penalize websites etc and like i mean look at the authority hacker program when was the last time you saw a message from someone that's like oh i got penalized from bad links you know but yeah. it's it's not just our group i mean most seo groups communities that that i see it's very very rare that you see someone have a a penalty like that or a, a significant penalty like that it's, it's normally much more subtle these days to the point now where it's hard to know if someone's if a site's actually getting a manual penalty like this, or if it's just you know slight ranking change, the other sites are are going up and that's kind of knocking them down. So I'd say that the negative aspects and like the the downside of paying for links over the last four or five years certainly has has diminished uh, massively to the point now where it's that it's almost flip the equation on its head and it's like if you're not doing it certainly in some niches then you're at a disadvantage because everybody's doing it and every all like a lot of good sites that you are trying to outreach to you know in a good way they're just not gonna link to you you're because they're getting 10 20 other people with the exact same message and they they've got their wallets out yeah i think also one thing that has changed google's stance is the rise of search intent because now with the way search intent works, they algorithmically understand what's on the page and kind of like, show, like they know that the, the page one is going to be the type of content they want, right? So they're less worried about who's ranking because they just find the content they want and they throw it there. And it matters more than like the gaming the links for them doesn't matter that much as long as the content they want is on 
the top of the page because the user gets what they want. People find Google good. People keep using Google, you know? Let me give you a good example here. So we had a friend a while back. This was like 2011, I think. Yeah, not like and we have any these he, days, so. Yeah, <laughs> he created a, a single page and it was like, how to date models or something like that. And it was like oh, a old. picture of a dancing baby or like something ridiculous. And uh, then we put his photo on it. But it was some kind of animated thing on it as well, no? Oh, yeah. Or am yeah, I thinking yeah. of something different? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah anyway, yeah. like total like crap content, nothing to do with uh, what, the, what the keyword is about. And we just threw a bunch of links to it. This was back when all the, the great. I was drinking um, a bar and I agreed to rank it for him, yeah. For this, how to date models. Back. <laughs> this was back when all the gray hat uh, link building tools were actually effective. And uh, it ranked, right? And there's no way it deserved to be there. And what's different today in 2021 and hopefully beyond is that that can't happen. You can't brute force your way to number one in most cases just with links unless you also have good, uh, it doesn't have to be amazing, but good content that matches search intent as well. And so Google, I think, is less concerned about, as you said, who ranks number one, two, three, four, 10, 20, 30. If all of those pages are similar, they all match search intent, they're all decent quality, it's not really that big of a deal who, who ranks. It's not what's the effort um, for them, for, you know, for, for, for to them. It. Exactly. So there seems to be a bit more leeway in, in that sense. Now, the, the takeaway there is also that you can't just throw a bunch of paid links at a shitty affiliate review and expect it's gonna gonna rank. You also have to make a good effort at producing high quality content as well. And I think we're seeing more and more sites, more and more content for keywords just get so similar because everyone uses tools like Surfer and you know they're just rewriting and rewriting and it's it, it's I don't know gravitas of content at the, at the at the top of Google and it's all kind of the same. So in those cases, you actually can get ahead of the, then, then the, links the other matter, people yeah. by links. Yeah, by having links and buying links is the easiest and fastest way to. to I think the way you buy links as well matters, right? Because there's like people can do it in a shitty way, or you can do it in a in a smart way. I think, you know, on the side of caution, I would say do this in a good way. And like usually, like when we talk to our link builders, our link building team. About buying links, like I, I tried to emphasize at the beginning, I was like, guys, let's use this opportunity that we have less resistance to build links to actually build better links rather than just trying to do as many as we can as well, etc. You know, if you want to build, if you have a goal to build as many links as possible and you're willing to to pay for them, then you will build a lot of links, right? But there are equally, as the market has kind of evolved and lots of people are willing to buy links. That's actually attracted people who will sell links, and that's all they do. They don't actually run real sites. They run sites which exist purely to sell uh, links on. And so they're kind of like chasing the market in that way. And there's a, a ton of absolutely horseshit websites that are just, they're not going to help you rank what whatsoever. But if your goal is to tick a box and say, oh yeah, I built 20 links this month, then they will let you tick that box. And I see a lot of kind of agencies and link building services kind of falling falling victim here to, not really falling victim because I think a lot of them know what they're doing, but using these these sites or networks of sites where they'll have like 200 websites and you know, you'll, you'll outreach to them, they'll send you back a, a spreadsheet same, yeah. with a list of all their, their, their sites and you know, 10, 20 bucks each. And if all you have to do is satisfy a client and give that a report to them, 
then sure. But is it really going to help you rank? Then I would say a lot of the time, probably not. Yeah, most of these networks are quite obvious to to Google. Like if they're on the same IP range, if they're on the same host, if they're on like it's. I'm not saying that you will get caught for it, but like the chances of like these links being discounted is is higher than if you just do it the proper way. So let's talk about when do you need to pay for links. What are you looking for and how to use paid links in kind of a smart way and not a dumb way? Like, I'm sorry, but a lot of people I think do. So like, what are our rules? Like, what are we looking for when we do this? So we're looking for links from genuine sites. That's the main thing. You don't want a link from a guest post farm. You want a a link from a real site, which has traffic, which has ideally some DR and also which is kind of relevant. There are a lot of- How far do we go with this? Yeah, it's a good question. So initially, when we are building links to a new site, relevancy is very important. And we, we really try and hit those sites early on, like in, in the same niche or, or an adjacent niche. Later on, as you start you know, doing a lot of outreach every, every day for a year, then you'll inevitably run out of those targets. And then you'll, you'll have to go a bit broader and hit more kind of broad new sites or, or, or just more generic sites, I, I, I guess. So Relevancy important early on. Um, high high DR is good. Now, when you first start a site, your DR zero, and we kind of have it's not a definite rule, but we kind of try and target links higher DR from a site which is higher DR than our own site. So if you're DR zero and it's a new site, anything's fair yeah. game. I wouldn't I wouldn't tell DR three. Yeah, <laughs> you're still probably not going to go for DR three or even ten or twenty. You know. Probably 29, 30 is, is about the lower, lower end of, of what you would do. Again, it all depends though. If if you find a super relevant site from a real person that, that's good, has traffic, and it's only DR24, then sure, go for it. You can break those rules. But generally, that's that's what we do. Higher DR than where you're you're currently at. And you just want to make sure that you're not paying for paying for crap because, I mean, worst case, there is penalties and stuff. Most likely, you're just going to... Uh, just pay for nothing, though. Which, if you're so explaining to us why you shouldn't pay for crap. <laughs> Sorry, it seems pretty obvious, but like, yeah, don't buy, buy shitty links, basically. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's very hard to say because I haven't gone out there and like bought a lot of them to to really like test. Oh, do do these fifty shitty links actually make any any difference or not? So uh, there may be cases out there when you you can actually get away with with buying crap and it's still still working, but. I don't know. I was trying to do the best thing for the for the site. It's so not just that. In my opinion, it's the risk you're adding. Like if you're already buying, so you're buying Google's terms of service. And like, I mean, I get outreach to by random people that are like, "Oh, here's my 200 site. Do you want to buy some links, sir?" Etc. Like, it's like. Uh, if, if you go for that, just know that you're increasing your risk profile and your like the chances of you dealing with crap. Maybe not now. Maybe Google's not really doing anything now. The policy is not a problem. But you know, when Google Penguin hit. They were like, they, they caught you for stuff you did four, five, six years ago, right? And then it, it, we're really not, it's not impossible that something like this could happen again. Like I could see them do, like, you know, like how all these core updates to me feel like the AI powered panda. Like there could be something for links like that that comes one day. And what you're doing today might hit you back in five years. And so like that's something to consider. The reason why I'm not as worried now is because Google is willing to forgive you with like reconsideration requests and everything. And actually it makes me think so think of uh, 10beasts.com 
where they were buying a bunch of links. Like it's, it was a popular case study affiliate site and they got hit. They, they got hit by like a natural link uh, patterns or something. I can't remember the name, but basically they got a message in the webmasters console. They got checked manually. They got hit. They submitted a record, like they disabled a bunch of paid links. Submitted a reconsideration request. Three days later, they were back ranking. <laughs> and so that makes me a bit more confident that we are not in a situation we were like many years ago and that you, you can be forgiven. But you also need to understand that the crap you're doing today, even if it passes by, increases your risks for tomorrow. And you it's a balancing act of like risk reward, you know? I would also add to that. So if you're running a new site, then... Yeah, it's, it's a great way to kind of give it a kickstart, get off the ground. It works. Well, uh, yeah. If you've never done any paid links before, there's probably a lot of opportunities in, in your niche that you can, you can quickly get a lot of links that you previously wouldn't have had access to and give you a bit of a boost there. When you start to get a little bit like higher into, you know, maybe you have DR70 plus site, bit more established, have more established competitors, then these paid links tend not to be the DR80 plus sites that are that are selling links, right? Because they have real businesses, they're making money elsewhere and they don't need the hassle or the risk to themselves. So it gets a little bit difficult to increase your DR uh, or just your site authority, generally speaking, uh, with paid links at that point. But where it can be quite effective is if you're pushing specific pages or specific keywords and you know your bottom of page two, top, uh, sorry, bottom of page one, top of page two, and you want to just give it a bit of a boost and build some anchor-rich links directly to that page, then that can also be quite effective too. Yeah, that's one of the best ways to use paid links is to push like that one page that's like position five or something. I quite like it. And, uh, and we do that a lot and it's working quite well for some big keywords, et cetera. So highly recommend it basically. Okay. So now we understand how we would use paid links, which ones we want, et cetera. How do we make sure they're not crap? How do we make sure the quality is there and how do we feature proof this as much as possible, which I think is going to be a concern for a lot of people. So you should generally speaking, be using similar or the same processes that you would for free links in your prospect filtering, except similar sort of standards. However, what I found happens is with free links, because they're free, because you're not paying for them, if something's kind of marginal or borderline or, you know, it doesn't look that great, but they're like, okay, yeah, here's a free link. We'll generally take it because it's a free link. So you maybe need to just dial things up a little bit and be a little bit stricter. I mentioned before that whenever someone offers you here's a list of 50 of my sites with a price list for links for them. Generally, you want to walk away from that situation. There are exceptions, but on the whole, they tend not to be that great. So that's that's a red flag. And you'll often, they'll often offer that quite early on in the, in the discussion as well, if you show interest. As I mentioned as well, you want to look for sites which are higher than your DR, uh, generally speaking as well. All these rules can be broken, by the way, if there's like a particularly good relevant site. If it's uh, very you, relevant, like it all, like relevancy breaks all other rules, I think, except if they're linking to casino and porn sites. Yeah. So, I mean, let's talk about that. So check their outgoing links in Ahrefs or, or a similar tool to see where they're linking to, especially where they've been linking to recently. And again, you have to be a little bit careful here because a lot of sites out there that sell links will sell links to not necessarily porn, but gambling, CBD, 
yeah, you know, shit, yeah. stu- stuff a little bit on, on that side of things. And if you take a blanket approach that if I find one link to a casino site or one link to a CBD site, then I'm not going to get a link from it. Then you probably cut out 99% of uh, paid link prospects there. So it's more about saying, hey, are they are these linking to a ton of casinos or, you know, is the odd one in here that's like, you know, in a decent guest post and done kind of okay, then maybe you you let that that slide. And it's really just about being kind of pragmatic with that stuff and not being too it's difficult for us when teaching this to create a formula, you know, if you see this, then do this or this. Yeah, it takes a bit of common sense. Exactly. It takes a bit of common sense, critical sense, and that you kind of gain that a little bit from experience. There has been also recently sites have learned to game DR. So they're actually not not very good sites, but they they have a decent DR. And then when people outreach them, they just look at the DR and think, oh, okay, that's good for a link, and they'll pay them. So sites, any site which are doing something dodgy like that. How do they game the DR? I don't know the exact way they do it. One of our link building team has actually been doing some experiments to see how that works. And I know Ahrefs have tried to clamp down on it recently, but at least according to the information I have, it's still fairly prevalent. So you have to be a little bit careful there and look at things like traffic and how old the site is, how much content they have. Can they really, do they really deserve to be, you know, DR40? Uh, maybe there's some this, sites this that like are bugged and give you like an incredible amount of DR if you get a link from it, but they're quite easy to get a link from or something like this. Like, you know, you could find this kind of like high efficiency, easy to get links from site and then get the DR up quite quickly, I guess. Yeah. And then obviously once you have a DR50 site, then it's easy to like make, you know, pass that onto another, just link to it and et cetera. Talking about that, can you imagine that seven years ago, I think, the link in your bio on YouTube was do follow and you could bump your DR to like 30 immediately with a bio link from YouTube or something. So yeah, that, I mean, that's probably the kind of stuff that they use. I'm mean, just thinking like all the crazy link building tactics back in sort of 2010 that we, <laughs> yeah, we were doing. Yeah. These forum profile links oh, and God, all these automated Index tools. ticket systems. And <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Anyway, (laughs) no, 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 no. (laughs) Let's talk about link building services. Would you use link building services? Which ones would you be comfortable using? Which ones would you not be comfortable using? And should people use them? I mean, there's no way to answer that question. Like, yes, they're good. No, they're bad. Like, as much as you have good people doing outreach and bad people doing outreach in terms of like the the results and quality, you have the same with, with link building services. What's interesting about a lot of services is that to actually do outreach, right? To to set up an email account in maybe your name, your site's name, and do outreach, and you have all those negotiations. It's quite. It takes some time. It's a bit of effort. You know, it's not cheap to to do. It's not very efficient to do. It's much more efficient for a link building service to have a database of two hundred sites that they know they can get links from Sell for like twenty again, bucks, yeah. and then you know everyone that comes through gets some of those links or, you know, a mix of, of links in, in their database. So looking at it with a link building service, you're looking at who's how much of the links they're acquiring is from new outreach versus existing relationships. That's a good thing to pay attention to. And it, it's absolutely fine and that some will come from existing relationships, right? If you're doing a lot of outreach for a lot of clients, you're going to get to know site owners and 
there'll be some good ones in there as well. So it can be an advantage as well as a. So you need to understand how the link provider is getting their links, basically. Like, are they outreaching or not? I think most of them don't. Out- I mean, they outreach to build up the database and then they resell the database, pretty much. And that can be a good and a bad thing. And very often you don't have too much control, like which domains your sites land on. So you need to be quite. I think I would screen for like my ability to give them specific criteria and their ability to match what I've asked. If they do that, I think I'd be comfortable outsourcing. I think it's expensive. It's very expensive to outsourcing building as well. Like people charge a lot for it. It's much cheaper to build your own team. So, I mean, depends on what scale you do it, right? If you get buying like three, four links per month, yeah, no, it's cheaper to buy some links from an agency. If you are getting to a decent scale, being quite competitive with your size, etc., uh, outsourcing is getting really quite expensive. Uh, it can be worse maybe to to buy like some just to get the most relevant size from the database of a seller or something, just to save some time, you know? But overall, if you are in anything semi-competitive, I would say it's better to hire and train staff. I mean, more and more for our sales, for our sites, et cetera, we, we are getting into like hiring full-time staff for pretty much every position. I know it's not possible for everyone, so you, some stuff you need to outsource, but link building is notoriously expensive to outsource to people who sell link building, I find, I find compared to like what it costs to actually build a link. So that's something to think about if you want to be efficient with your money. Let's talk about price because I think people want to know, like, you know, and, I, and that's when it's going to be interesting because I was talking about how it's expensive to outsource. Like, I want to know how much we pay per link as well when we do the outsource, outreach ourselves. And I think one fundamental difference of like good quality paid links versus shit quality paid links is usually shit quality paid links, they outreach to you (laughs) and you get them in your inbox and good quality paid links, we outreach to them. We find the sites we want and then we like, we want a link on your site. We've actively decided we wanted a link on that site through our criteria. And so like we do get better links because of that. But let's go back to how much it costs. How much do we pay for a link? So... Exactly. Every please. every person I asked this for asked this about this in the last year or so, they would always give me an it de- it depends answer because I guess they hadn't really like worked it out in in their own mind or they didn't have that much of a model or to be honest, it was a little bit random and sometimes you get like dr thirty sites asking for six hundred bucks and yeah, crazy yeah. amounts of money money like that. You know, after doing this on a couple sites for almost a year now, I can say that. A very, very, very rough ratio is about a dollar per DR. And that applies up to about DR70 or so. So DR30, 30 bucks, DR40, 40 bucks, DR50, 50 bucks. Now, there are exceptions that are a quarter of that, and there are exceptions that are four or five times that. So there is a lot of it, it depends. But if you want a general rule of thumb for what you should be paying, then think of it like that. Now, what you end up paying at the end of the deal versus the initial price they quote you is also often very far apart. Uh, so they'll they'll give you a highball offer, usually in the hundreds of dollars, um, certainly for you know DR fifty sixty site, and then you you kind of negotiate down. And the whole negotiation process with so it's like a links, Chinese market basically. It's it's very interesting. Yeah, I would say it's less of a negotiation in a business sense and more of haggling in the, yeah, you go to the Chinese market or whatever. I lived in China for a few years and there was this massive market in the the center of Shanghai. And you buy anything there, like uh, Nike Air shoes that looked amazing, all sorts of handbags, (laughs) any DVD that's ever been made. And it it didn't matter like where, which stall you went, who you went to, 
maybe this is because I was like obviously a foreigner, but you go there and they get a little calculator out and they'd say, oh, it's it's a hundred dollars or something for these shoes, and then you'd be like, oh, well, this, this is <laughs> oh my god, crazy, I'm walking away, crazy. No, no. <laughs> walk away and then they'll come after you. <laughs> no, no, and no, no, special it's, price it's for you. It's almost like yeah, it's it's almost like this dance, right? You yeah. both know what's up and you both know that what the other person's doing and how how it's doing but you just kind of have to play that out if you don't and if you kind of lose your cool and 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 that that's when you end up saying oh i'll just i'll just pay it and i'll I'll get it get it done with or you walk away and you, you don't get what you're you're after and the seller knows that to an extent so they can kind of sometimes use it to to their their advantage so Treat the don't take this personally. Treat this as like a business negotiation. It's a game, yeah. Have a read of some negotiation books. Maybe not like the high end ones, like three D negotiation, but the haggly type books. A really good one. Never split the uh, never split the difference by Chris Voss. He was an FBI hostage negotiator. So it's a really entertaining book at, at, at the same time. But just get a under basic understanding of the, some of the fundamentals of what happens. Just be aware as well that whatever you read about negotiation uh, in a it's book, go it, it, yeah. it's a little bit different online in email because you can't see the other person. The body language aspect isn't there. They have time to respond. So just play around with with different strategies, and um, you'll you'll find that it that kind of works differently for for different people. There's definitely a cultural thing with negotiation, and I mean this in absolutely not a derogatory way, but um, people from uh, like Southeast Asia, East Asia, South Asia, like India, Pakistan, kind of thing. They love a they love a good negotiation, and they're very very good at it. So you kind of have to play that game to an extent. I found that with Western European, American, Canadian site owners, it's less of a it's less of a direct price, and you're not like, oh, that's crazy price. Uh, how can you how can you do that? <laughs> yeah, if you go like this is a European, they're like, what the fuck, you know? It's less dramatic <laughs> in that sense, but don't get me wrong, that stuff works. Uh, but with let's say you're you're dealing with an American site owner, you would spend more time kind of explaining or asking them how they justify that price and explaining your position and the value you're trying to seek from it, and kind of talking around it rather than say oh rip off too expensive you're only dr50 how can you charge that and it's it's just interesting how it's different and i think it throws a lot of people off who do online marketing because that interaction with other people side of things is not it's not what people are good not at. not necessarily yeah. everyone's strong point a lot of <laughs> introverts in this industry and that's, I think, a big part of why people struggle with with link building. Yeah, I think a lot of people overpay as well because it's like I, when I look at our link builder stuff, like they often cut the price in half, etc. So, and that's why that's why like my quote of like, oh, outsourcing link building is quite expensive because you know, like at the R thirty links that we, I mean, we did pay someone to do the outreach, etc. Right, but we paid thirty bucks, let's say, like following your rule. A link seller will sell that for one hundred and fifty to two hundred dollars, and it's like. Yeah, it's definitely like if you if you run your own team, you get a lot more bang for your buck, provided the person that runs that doesn't have an ex- like a huge huge salary. But like even a normal salary, if you over a number of links, it's like uh, it's much cheaper, basically. Yeah, you do have to have at the point where you can afford to hire a full time person to do link yeah. building for you. Oh, then of course it becomes becomes great. I have never had much success with freelance link builders because people who are already link builders 
and who want to uh, sell those kind of services, either they, they've learned the wrong way, they have a lot of like bad habits. Just think of all the people selling links on Fiverr and the stuff they're selling. You yeah, know, yeah. There's a lot of that. I would never hire a link builder. There. I would train someone that's like an assistant or something. Like, yeah, no way I would hire someone who knows about link building for this position. Their habits are terrible, basically. Every I time mean, we hire interview there, there an SEO be, person, I'm rolling my eyes, you know? like There will be a few people out there, you know, in, in some of the better companies, better agencies that, that would be great to hire for that situation. But generally, it's, it's difficult. So you have to train train people up. And the benefit of that is you can train them your way and how to do it right. But maybe it takes a little bit longer. Okay, so now that we understand how much we should pay for links and the negotiation part, how do you get the most bang for your buck from these paid links? Because obviously, like you are putting money behind this. It's more expensive than if the links were free. We need to get the most value out of this to make this worthwhile and to rank up and make our money back, basically. So how do you do that? So when you're getting a free link, you're kind of asking them for a favor and they're really helping you out by putting your guest post up. When you're paying them for a service, for, for a link f- from them, the relationship is much different. Like you're the customer. So you can be a little bit more demanding as to what you want. With, for example, a guest post, if you're getting a free one, a lot of sites, if you stick a ton of links in there to different pages on your site or even different sites that you own, they're probably not going to be okay with that. A lot of sites have very strict requirements, like one link or something like that. When you're paying for links, there are some sites do still have those requirements, but generally speaking, you can put a lot more links in. You can link to your commercial posts with very like anchor-rich text, and and generally it goes goes by. Worst case, they'll ask you to correct it or tone it down a bit. So you can be a little bit more bold with the pages you're linking to. You link to mo- your money pages and use very targeted anchor text there. So I think that is, that's the way you can make this, this worthwhile. And I would argue in some cases that paying for a link um, and doing that is worth, you know, three, four free links if you're, if you're linking to all these deep pages. To random, you, yeah, I agree. That you want to push, yeah. Yeah. I can see it in our rankings. I can see we're pushing more strategic pages now on these sites where we're buying links. It's like they're moving much faster than when we do no paid link building. So it's like on the bottom line, you can definitely feel it actually. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I would say as well that in the early days of doing link building for, for a site, it's kind of like any any link's good, you know, it boosts the overall authority of, of the site. And you do a lot of like homepage links. It's very rare that we'll do a homepage link for from a paid link for a site that's been going, let's say, six months or a year these days. So it's, it's all about boosting specific specific pages. So that that's huge benefit. And other than that, it's just there's a ton of links out there that you're not going to get from from doing free outreach. Um, uh, yeah, it's just the reality of the internet at this point. It's, it's yeah. the reality of the situation. And as as bad as that is, or as good as that is, depending on your 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 perspective, I would personally prefer it was it was uh it was not the case that you had to to pay for things because I think we could outcompete a lot of people on outreach quality and uh, messaging and, and things like that. But even with the absolute really pushing that stuff, making heavily custom customized good outreach messages that's 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 very specific to the individual you're you're talking to, they just don't open them or don't reply or just you know send you back the price in a lot of cases. I mean, when was the last time you gave a free link? 
uh, good point. I mean, (laughs) even back in the day, it was very, very rare. Um, Exactly. To be honest, not a lot of people ask me for them these days. Well, here you go, people. You can outreach to Mark. Mark at toyhacker.com. I want to say, I want to say it's probably about four years ago is the last time I I did that after, after some outreach. Now, I've seen people make cool content and I've I've linked to them voluntarily just because I want to like support them and stuff but it's a little, little bit different yeah I mean I, I do give feelings while I create content if there's something that's relevant you know but like it's not from someone outreaching to me it's from me finding something interesting to link yeah. to and it's like that happens quite often like even when I write the newsletter or whatever but also on the site but it's very rare that someone emails me something and I'm like oh my god this is amazing let me add your link to my site <laughs> like so I understand it's, 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 it's a pay. decent tactic you can kind of employ for relationship building is like pre-linking so linking out to someone else's good content when you see it and then, and then reach out you know, to them, yeah. further further down the, the line ask them for a link back somewhere else or guess you know, post to, to get an in it actually that reminds me like speaking of, of guest post so when you're paying for links you're paying the placement fee remember as well that you also will have to pay for the cost of the outreach and the cost of the content if you're doing a guest post which is not free in most cases, unless you're writing it yourself, even that takes takes time. A lot of the time with paid links, they'll have different pricing for a guest post or for a link insertion. So it's a link on an existing post. If you're getting a link on a page that already has a lot of authority itself, it's already established, you could argue that's a better link. Generally, you're only going to get one from that. If you're writing the guest post, you can have multiple links, but the page on that, that site's going to be new. It won't have any links itself or won't have any any external links at least itself or won't have any authority so you have to kind of weigh up what you want there and the cost of of doing that versus versus just you know getting a link an existing post yeah and what do you prefer do you prefer like an insertion or a guest post both have their their usefulness uh recently we've been doing a lot more guest posts because we've really been putting, you know, six links in them or something like that to, to different pages. So you're mixing it out. That's helped a lot. Yeah. But they, they each have their, their kind of use. Yeah, I agree. Like push, you can push multiple pages from like a single opportunity. So maybe the cost of the content is worth it when you have this many links. Uh, it's worked quite okay for us. So I would, yeah, I guess it depends. It depends if you just want to push one page or not. It depends for everything, all questions anyway. Anything else that you want to add? The last thing I would probably say about this stuff is that this is all good up to a point, but obviously when you start outreaching to DR 70, 80, 90 sites, very few of them are going to be selling links for obvious reasons. So you actually still do need to be kind of like good outreach in order to get links from there. And even then they're getting outreach so often that it's, it's quite difficult to, to stand out. So you, you need to think, you need to be quite creative in, in, in how you do that. That's when you do the digital PR, I think. That's when you overlay digital PR on top of that, when you get to this kind of like higher level and you need to figure that out. It's much more difficult than paid links, but that's how you get these really high DR links and, and so on. And that's why big companies do like digital PR a lot because these are the links that move the needle for them, actually. Okay, anything else to say about paid links that we haven't mentioned so far? No, I just want to, again, reiterate what we said at the start about the risk factors and what you have to consider there. This, this is not without its its inherent risk, even if it's been okay for the last like four or five years and you, you don't know anyone that's ever gotten penalized. That's not to say tomorrow everyone that's done it 
doesn't get like a manual penalty yeah, somehow. Yeah, it's happened before. So you, you have to kind of be a little bit careful with that and just understand what you're you're getting into. So next time we start a site, would you recommend we pay for links or not? Um, yeah, probably. Okay, cool. I think probably. that's something people want to know, like uh, in a very clear way. Okay, well, we're going to close the podcast here. So if you guys enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like, like the thumb up and also the notification bell. I think I'm still not that good at this. And let us know in the comment section if you are paying for links or if you are considering paying for links, uh, what experiences you have, etc. So we can actually, you know, we, we graded that podcast from your comments. So we do read them and we are quite interested to know how you guys are doing this. Thank you for listening and we'll see you in two weeks for another episode. See you later. <music>